And welcome in to another Pacers podcast coming to you from the St. Vincent Center headquarters of Pacers Gaming. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about gaming with Cody Parent, Director of Esports Operations for Pacers Gaming. And it's just still in its infancy, really. Just about a year old. They just wrapped up their first season. So I wanted to sit down with Cody and kind of talk about the basics, what he learned, what he experienced, the highs and lows of a season, and especially just being a, a new thing where many fans, like the casual fans especially following this, might be, what do you mean gaming? Why should I be paying attention? <laughs> Those sure. sort of things. So, Cody, first of all, just thanks for uh, sitting down with me after the season here. Of course. It's a pleasure, Scott. Thanks so much for coming in. We're excited to uh, to share a little bit about what we do with, with Pacers fans and you know try to get more people in the mm-hmm. building to check us out. And maybe we'll frame this as your exit interview. I always yeah. love that. <laughs> I always love that talk with players about sure. being their exit interview. Can can kind of be your one. Awesome. Let, let's start with kind of just a generic overview of the season. Roughly a four-month or so season. Yep. Guys came in. They got a salary for mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Their accommodations were paid for. Their travel right. was paid for. And one of the interesting things fans may not know is that games, there was no necessarily home or road games. They all took place in New York. Now, I guess Knicks Gaming, Correct. which ultimately did win. That's tough. Yes, Knicks sir. Gaming uh, did have a slight advantage, you could say. But you had to make that trip every weekend, every other weekend. How'd this season go for you, Cody? It was good. You know, like you said, it was the inaugural season. So uh, we we had a lot of learnings throughout the year. Like you said, it's a four-month season. So we tipped off in May. Uh, We had players from all over the world. So we drafted uh, a 19-year-old guy named Gooner out of London. We had two from New York, two from California, and then one from Vancouver, Washington. So they relocated in April. Like you said, we pay for their housing, their health care and benefits. They made a $35,000 salary. And, and have an opportunity to win up to a million dollars in prize pool money throughout the year, too. So 14-week regular season games, May through August, three tournaments throughout the year, too, which uh, culminated in, in playoffs and finals at the end of August. So uh, we ended up right about the middle of the pack. Uh, at, at the end of the year, we, we had three games in the last weekend. If we went 3-0, and we would have made playoffs. Unfortunately, we, we missed out, but, but we were right there. I uh, had a great group of guys and really excited to get back into it already next year. One thing I thought was interesting is when you guys won, then you strung several wins together each yes. time. Yes. Is momentum a real thing, especially more so in gaming? I think it's overhyped in, in traditional sports. Is, sure. there, is that a real thing in gaming? You know, it is because in, in gaming, there, there's something that we call the meta, which means um, there, there's a certain combination of these archetypes, not to go too in-depth, but you, you kind of choose your play style per position, and, and it, it comes with a lot of tweaks, a lot of practice to see how the guys fit um, in terms of what position they play one through five and, and their archetypes. So does a guy play a shooter? Is he better at rebounding or, or passing? So once you find your meta, you can click and, and have some momentum running through the year. So, yeah, once we won two, we won three, and even got to a four-game win streak mm-hmm. at one point. So um, once you click, you seem to click really well in gaming, but it's tough to get to that point, and, and only the best teams do. And you talk about those player positioning. It felt like about halfway through the season, 
you made a cha- change that worked out. What went yeah. into that decision? Sure. So, so Jamie, who, who is Gooner from, from London, uh, was drafted as a point guard. And um, he, he's got great stick, which in, in 2K, that means he, he's good at the game. Uh, but he had never really been on a team before and had never really played uh, traditional sports in a team environment. And we had a couple other guys who did. And so we put Wolf, who was our number one draft pick, at the point guard position about halfway through the year. And he was an offensive lineman in college. He, he played uh, baseball for a number of years at a high level, too. So he had that leadership, uh, knew how to run a team, and, and that really gave us uh, an edge. So we, you can be really good at clicking the sticks or shooting a basketball, but if you don't have those intangibles, um, it, it can be tough. And not that Gunnar didn't. He was just a little less experienced um, at, at that level compared to Wolf. So Wolf was our guy uh, from day one in the leadership role, and transitioning him to point guard really took us to the next level. Was I know when you drafted, it was a defensive focus, right? Move yep. early on. Mm-hmm. Was he still that defensive guy, or, but because of the switch – focused on offense, how did that impact his defense? Yeah, you know, he, he didn't get to play, um, it's called a lockdown build in, uh, in 2K, which means the, the guy's really, really good at defense automatically, regardless of how good you are at the game. Um, Wolf didn't get to play that build, so it, his, his defense wasn't as good as it could have been, but he was still a top-five defender in the league at the point guard position. So um, if we could have had him on the lockdown, it would have been scary. He likes to say it's bumpy. So when, <laughs> when he gets up in guys and bumps them around, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. So hopefully next year uh, we'll, we'll get him on his normal build and, and see how we can roll with that. How long did it take maybe for these guys as, as humans to get comfortable with one another, their communication, which is obviously incredibly important? Mm-hmm. They're moving here. They don't know anyone but each other, which yep. in part probably helps with that process. Right. You know, but I, I would say it took months. I mean, you really have to build the trust with one another. This is the first time um, four out of the six of our guys had ever sat down playing in the same room with other guys on a team. So it it takes months of building trust, just like traditional sports. And uh, it's even different in in, uh, video games because they're used to playing at their home by themselves. They, they get on and play a couple games at night with their friends, and, and now it's a full-time job, and you're with strangers. Uh, but, you know, they built a brotherhood. They really did. All, all six guys, um, when they were in here, we were, we were together. We were practicing, grinding, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 hours a day, and then they go back to their apartment. They're hanging out. They're playing games. They're going working out, shooting hoops. We were together all year, but but I I'd be lying to you if I I said it took five minutes because it might have taken you know a couple months. Yeah, a couple of things that interest me, and I don't know if and how much you could go into this, but one of the challenges you faced was just roster changes throughout the year. Mm-hmm. For one, I think it was V Gunner had a passport or work visa issue that slowed him getting here a couple weeks. Yep. Then I, roughly midway through the season, you had a player swap out, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year, I noticed Turner locks up, who I think is one of your best players, did not yep. play at the end. Yep. Can you explain some of those or what, what that was like to deal with throughout a season where you very much are like a GM having to deal with personalities and situations? Yeah, so at the beginning of the year, Gunnar took a couple weeks to get in because of his visa, and he showed up. Uh, his first time ever to the United States was at our first tournament. So he, he Right walked, at New York. Yeah, right in New York, first time. He, he walked in the door uh, at 19 years old, fresh off the plane. So that in itself was a challenge. Uh, but 
he he uh, he grew up real quick for us, and he played well, especially at the beginning of the year. Uh, and then, like you said, we had one player leave the team pretty early on, and uh, he was rep- replaced about halfway through the year with another player. And so we had to uh, get him acclimated to the environment, the day-to-day here. And um, it, it was a tough transition trying to figure out where he fit both uh, personality-wise in our team and then um, structurally. What position does he play? Um, is he the sixth man? So there, there's a lot of decisions. I was wondering how you went about the process of replacing that player. Go, let's go to the waiver wire. Really, the undrafted list, I'm guessing, is what you went to. Did you decide to fill a need or go with potential, let's say? Yeah, so because this is the first year, we were the first team who had a player Yeah. Leave. So uh, the process of finding a player on that waiver wire uh, was unheard of at the time. So the league gave us um, a couple options to choose from. We had a pool to select from. And uh, like you said, it, it was a combination of both potential and position. Shockey played uh, the three, four, and five, so he was pretty versatile, and he had a lot of potential. He um, could have definitely been in the original pool, uh, but was 103 instead of 102, so he barely missed out. And um, down the stretch, like you said, too, he came in for Tuck, and Shock played great. He averaged a double-double in the three games he played at the end of the year. So uh, there's a lot of talent in the 2K world, and and we're excited for year two to to have some new blood, too. Do you have exit interviews with your guys? And if so, what was generally the feedback of this process? What were maybe some of the highs and what were some of their least favorite things or things that you want to tweak for next season? Sure. Yeah. I, I can tell you all six of our guys said they want to be, be in the league next year. So they, they That's all, a good thing. yeah, they, you never know how it might go over. Correct. Correct. Year one, you never know, but all six guys were excited uh, to, to try out next year if they weren't protected, which I'm sure we'll, we'll mm-hmm. jump into here soon. But, um, some of the highs, they, they love just being part of a professional organization like the Pacers. Um, uh, all of them cited at feeling like family here in Indianapolis. Um, uh, it, it's been an amazing ride just from an organizational standpoint because uh, the Pacers accepted our guys as um, just one of their own. It's, you know, we're the fourth team now. We've got the Pacers, the Mad Ants, and the Fever. You know, we, we did a lot of community activations. The guys loved that, volunteering in schools throughout the year. Uh, so as much as they enjoyed the traveling, the, the actual playing of the game, they loved just being in Indy, getting to know the local community and, and engaging at that level too. What were some of the negatives of it, if you can get into those? Yeah, let's see. Was it? I, I mean, I would think to an extent traveling would be one of those because eventually you'd like to get it where you could just play on your home computers, your yep. setup, versus going to New York every single week. And I'm sure all they take right is their controller. Right, and that's pretty it. much. Yep, it's, it's their controller, their jersey, and uh, a backpack with a change of clothes, and that's about mm-hmm. it. But, yeah, they, they definitely said if, if we could travel – um, even once every two weeks okay. and maybe play double headers on the weekends. That would be ideal. Uh, but, you know, the, the guys didn't mind the travel as much because it's only an hour and a half flight to New York. Now, when you look at Portland and, and Sacramento, Sacramento doesn't even have a direct flight. 
So the Kings every weekend, um, you know, they were, they were in Sacramento for two or three days and they were in New York the majority of their time. They're piling up some points. They were. It's That's crazy. That's for sure. Yeah. I can only imagine we, we did. I, I have some awesome miles. Good. But, uh, the did Kings you do the same and, flights every week? Um, we, for the most part, for the most part, yeah. for the most part. Uh, but yeah, traveling definitely. If, if we could, we could have an extra week to prepare in between. I think that would be good. But, um, it was fun. We kind of got in a routine, and the guys knew what to expect. So, and, and Wolf and Should uh, were, were both from the New York area, so they didn't that mind helped, going yeah. home. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, travel could definitely improve. But other than that, being honest, they loved it. Good. They loved the experience, and it's it's, it's going to be a fun ride the next couple of years to see where the league the league goes. You mentioned game prep. Is that primarily about yourselves maximizing? what you guys can do in plays, or is the majority of that scouting and looking ahead to those next two opponents I think you yep. play for, uh, yep. play against in a weekend? Right, uh, a little bit of both. You're, we're sitting in our strategy room right now. The NBA 2K Lab. Yeah, the 2K Lab strategy it's room. Nice so too. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. We've got a nice 60-inch flat screen. Every Monday morning we'd come in here for a 10 a.m. meeting, and it's film on both our game, our um, – most recent game and the opposing team's most recent game. So that's every Monday morning at 10. We would break down some film on those two. And then throughout the week, we would get more in depth on um, the opposing team. We, we like okay. to focus on what we did early in the week and um, kind of improve on some of our, our sets, talk about our defense and expectations for the next week. And then once we got into Wednesday and Thursday, it, it was a lot of scouting and a lot of film breakdown on opposing teams. What were you doing in your free time in New York? Yeah. Was it mostly in hotel rooms, just grinding and out, looking at film? There wasn't a lot of free time. Uh, when, when we played, let's say we had a, a 9 o'clock game on Friday, we'd fly in that day, so probably an 11 a.m. flight. Uh, we'd get to the studio mid-afternoon, 3 or 4 o'clock, and start practicing for our game at 9. Um, then we'd go back to the hotel at night, wake up, fly out first flight in the morning. So sometimes we weren't even in New York for 24 hours. Uh, when we had more free time, uh, we did a little bit of sightseeing. Uh, the, the guys had some, some meetings at NBA HQ quite a few times. Uh, so social media training, uh, some partnership activations. Um, it things seems like, like a that. lot of them right now have been successful in some NBA 2K promotions. Yes, yes. With yeah. the new game coming out. Definitely, definitely. Because uh, today is the launch of, of the game if you pre-ordered. Uh, September 11th, next week, is the official launch, okay. what we're calling 2K Day. And we've had a lot of our guys uh, involved with the launch of the game, too, which has been awesome. And Wolf streamed last night for about 1,500 viewers uh, for, I think, six or seven hours straight. Oh, no. So that was fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a good time. And uh, it, it was a good year for sure. One of the cool things, especially about your franchise and within this whole setup and where we are, is your facility where you probably have other franchises envious. There's 17 franchises currently expanding to add another four. Yep. And there were at least a couple times throughout the year, like you said, to probably save on some traveling. Yeah. They'd come here for a week yep. and spend their week preparing for their next weekend of events. Blazers gaming the top franchise was one of them. Mm -hmm. And they, they really enjoyed their experience, I know, here. What was that relationship like, and what was the feedback you got from some of those teams and franchises as you were willing to host? Yeah, it, it was awesome. We had we had the Pistons in the week before the first <clears throat> before the first tournament, excuse me, and uh, 
it was so fun. We, we had the, uh, the company come over and watch quite a few games. So we had 50, 100 people watching the guys go head to head. And it's the environment it was like, like the studio where That's you play. Good too. It was awesome, you know, because yeah. we could simulate you want that. Exactly. We could simulate what we thought uh, it, it would be like when we were on that stage. So um, Pistons loved it coming over. Uh, I think they have a conference room about the size that we're sitting in right now for their training facility. And yeah. we have, you know, 3,000 to 3,500 square feet of, of space. So uh, we have one of the best HQs in um, in the league for sure, if not the whole esports world across the country and across the world. So this is truly state-of-the-art. We're, we're blessed to have such an awesome um, support staff from the top down who who was willing to invest in this facility. And um, again, we brought the Blazers in about halfway through the year and had a boot camp with them Monday through Friday. They, they flew straight from their game in New York to Indy instead of going home, played all five days. We averaged like 10, 15 games a day, just wow. boom, 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 back to back. And then they flew right back to New York for their game. So um, it, it's awesome to have a full setup that we can play five on five and, and stream it live uh, from the HQ. And what I like about the HQ, as you put it, is, yeah. is the different rooms, if you will. You walk in. And right here is a conference room. You kind of get down to business. Yep. Then there's the play area. And then beside yep. that's kind of the let's relax, take 20 minutes, hang out. Let's get to know one another. You got a ping pong table, yep. a Keurig, a refrigerator, place mm-hmm. to eat and just hang out. Kind of put everything on the back burner a little bit. So it, it kind of encompasses all of that. And we should note it's like two floors above the Pacers practice court. So exactly. As he mentions how all-encompassing this franchise is, he means it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a special spot. The The guys multiple times could walk down and watch the Pacers practice. Uh, we, we were at Victor's uh, Most Improved Player ceremony, right. too. And got so a picture with him. Got a picture with Vic, I remember so that the was team awesome. in a uh, suite once or twice, maybe yep. during the playoffs yep. even. We had some pretty good seats. I think it was game it was game six, I think. We were pretty, pretty yeah. close down there. But, yeah, went to every single playoff game. Uh, it's – it's been awesome. The again, the guys loved it. I've loved it, and uh, we just can't wait to to continue this off season. I'm, I'm ready to play. I wish the season started today because I'm so excited. Let's get into that. What's what do you do now until the season gets going next spring summer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, today was actually the expansion draft lottery. So and we're recording this on Friday, September seventh. Expansion draft lottery. So uh, the four teams. That, that have joined the league now know their draft positions. Um, and this was followed by the uh, traditional draft lottery for the rest of the team. So we now know the Jazz have the number one pick next year. Warriors are slotted at two, uh, Kings at three, and we're number four next year. So Is that about what you were hoping for, expected? Yeah, that's where we were expected. What was at number four? We we had hoped to to jump up and maybe even sure. grab number one, but you know four is not bad either. There there's a lot of really high quality talent that wasn't in the league this past year. We need some luck and, in this uh, building. The Fever yeah. didn't get the top overall <laughs> pick. They're third. That's all right. And you, we were hoping you guys would get yeah. pushed up there a little bit. That's okay. That's okay. We're we're gonna make it work. There's a lot of talent out there, both uh, on the Fever side and and in the 2K world. So. Um, we'll, we'll grab some good players and, and roll with it. But so the draft lottery was huge. Uh, the, the game came out today that, that was pre-ordered. So, uh, I've already streamed for four hours this morning, just playing the new game, um, engaging with the community and, and letting them know what we're all about. 
Um, and when you say you're playing, are you yeah. playing like someone at home that has the game is, or is yeah. there a different way that you're playing that Pacers gaming utilizes? So right right now I'm just playing the retail version of the game. Be, because it's brand new, we don't have uh, the league build yet. So, so 2K is still designing what we will play for next season. So right now it's just the retail version. I hop on, I play with uh, community members or, or even Wolf, Swizz. Our, our guys will hop on and, and carry me to victory sometimes. Uh, and you can play like three-on-three three in the park. You can play five-on-five five pickup games. You can play as the Pacers if you want to. I, I saw the cool so. thing in the My Career mode is they could send a guy to China. Yep. And then they send him to the G League and heavily promoted within the 2K19 game yep. was the Mad Ants. And, yep. and a player trying to earn his way up to the league mm-hmm. has to go through China, the G League with the Mad Ants, and a few other teams I think are also included yes. before getting to the league. Exactly. That's a nice franchise yeah. note. Yeah, it's awesome. We, we saw I, I saw the trailer for the first time about two weeks ago when it was all Mad Ants. I was like, this is awesome. We, we mm-hmm. definitely got some awesome exposure in the game. And, and it's fun. You know, you can, you can pick up 2K, uh, whether you've played it for years or this is your first time, but it's just basketball. And uh, it's fun for kids. It's user-friendly. You just, you just hop into a game and play pickup. You know, it's, it's pouring down rain in Indy right now. And uh, if, if you're feeling some basketball, just throw on 2K and you can hoop. And we have less than three weeks until training camp gets started. But then you'll still have to wait probably in, eh, about four weeks until basketball, real live action basketball. So, yeah, yep. that's, that's one way to, to get your fix. So yep. we've got all this draft lottery and all those sorts of things. I would assume the draft's not till six months from now. It'll be in February. We'll, we'll have uh, a combine and, and qualifiers for potential players who, who want to try to make that uh, draft pool for February. Those states are, or dates, excuse me, are, are still to be determined, but expect sometime in the fall if you're interested in trying out or, or know somebody who might be. Um, we'll, we'll get those to you ASAP. But So I'm already scouting, too. I've already been watching games. Uh, the game came out last night, and I was up till one or two watching players uh, play. So Is this just on Twitch? Is there an avenue, a program that directors like yourself, GMs, yep. can go in and, and- – search out a certain player what are you doing yeah so i use it's called twitch.tv and it's essentially uh, an app on your smartphone or or a website you can pull up in any browser for watching uh, video games uh, or you know people stream in real life stuff now we call it irl cooking shows are on there now you have um, like workouts so twitch is amazing i would say if you've never tried to look into twitch it's an awesome platform if you've ever considered like sharing a hobby with someone i think it's getting way more attention in the last six months due to you guys the 2k league yep and Fortnite. yes which i know nothing about but i know that's a huge deal it's massive it's massive ninja on Fortnite, which is one of the most popular players pulls in over a hundred thousand concurrent viewers when he streams for 10 to 12 hours straight. So it's just a massive audience. But th- to put uh, that into a little context, I think a generic sports center yep. on ESPN probably draws anywhere from 350 to 500,000 at its best right. for a sports center. So you're talking 100 by himself. That by is himself. massive. For 10 hours straight, too. Not just a 30 to an hour segment yeah Yeah. so it's it's crazy and um but circling back to answer your question twitch is the place i go and and i can search uh based on 
just people playing 2K19, and I, I can filter that by the viewers or if they're Pacers gaming players already. So if I want to search for Wolf, I can find him directly, or or players that I'm just curious about that I've heard their name, or um, yeah, there's a variety of ways, but Twitch is the platform that I prefer to use. Recently, you had to decide what players to protect. Mm-hmm. You had two. And you ultimately did your top two picks from last year in Wolf and Swizzler. It does seem kind of obvious, but beyond that, why were those your two selections? Yeah, Wolf was our number one pick, and uh, I think he's the number one uh, small forward in the game. He he played point guard for us too last year, like we talked about, but there's no doubt in my mind he's – uh, one of the best guys in the league too. Great guy in the locker room. Has his degree in computer science. Like I said, he has previous sports experience. Playing. I read this. He speaks fluent Spanish. Yes, yes. That's incredible too. He's Puerto Rican. And he's young. He's young. <laughs> he, he, his birthday's today, by the way. Happy there you birthday, go. Wolf. Yeah, my guy. My he's guy. a fun guy to talk to too, which I've done it casually a couple times. Yep, he's he's a great dude. And um, so not not only is he the best small forward in the world in 2K. He's a great guy. He's a great leader. Um, and, and then Swizzerk, Nick, is uh, arguably the best shooter in the league too. So we're, we're going against the grain a little bit in terms of our protections and, and the way we drafted too. We picked uh, two guys at positions that are usually considered role players and role player positions uh, because we thought we could get two of the top um, in the world. And then we'll look to fill out a point guard, power forward and center in the draft or through the trade market too. Um, but we're, we're super excited to have both those guys back. They've, they've already helped me create uh, a culture here and, and they were sad to go. They, they're texting me every day, calling me saying, when can we come back, Cody? Mm-hmm. We're, we're ready to start grinding yeah. now. So um, we, we've got a good group and can't wait to fill out the roster here soon. So then what happens to those four guys? Is there a chance you can bring them back? Is there any kind of free agency or is there just a draft? And if you want those guys back, you would have to use one of your selections. Yes. So all four players go into the expansion pool. Uh, those four expansion teams will select two players total. So then all 21 teams will have an even two. So the 17 teams each protected two players. Expansion draft teams select two of the players not uh, protected. All the additional players go into next year's draft pool. Okay. Um, and we, we do have the opportunity to retain up to an additional two players. But we, as a result, we lose draft picks for next year. How would you determine which draft pick you would lose? Or is that deep in the weeds here? It, it gets a little complicated <laughs> just in terms of if an expansion team picks a player off your roster, yeah. you then lose a third-round pick. If they don't, you lose a second-round pick. And then if you choose two people, you lose a second and first or a third and second. So a little deep in the weeds, but um, it, it'll be fun to see because a lot of teams have built a, a solid core of three, four players, and they have to make that decision. Do you keep – uh, the two you protected and throw all the, the others back in the pool? Or do you uh, risk it and, and throw your picks away and keep those guys you, you started to build your team with? So we'll see some interesting decisions mm-hmm. uh, in, in the coming months in the 2K League. From an outsider's perspective, for a team that had incredible success, maybe your Blazers gaming, yep. to me it would make sense to probably keep at least one more guy. Yeah. If anything, for continuity and obviously 
these guys have some of the best skills already. Right. So you'd want to continue on, even if you give up a second or third round pick, let's say. Right. And and we the Blazers had a big three too, so they got to uh, they got yeah. to keep two, and then it's almost a certainty that their third best player will be taken by an expansion team. So we, we might see them keep one or two additional, but we know for sure that that core is, is going to be blown up uh, by an expansion team, um, which is unfortunate for them, but has a little parity in the league and, and makes it fun for uh, some of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. If this is TV and not a podcast, <laughs> is this good for the 2K right, league? Exactly. Let's tune, talk about it for 40 minutes. Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So for you, when is your off season? Will you now have kind of two, three months to kind of go easy and then ramp up your scouting? When, when would your summer, quote-unquote, be? There is no summer. It's it's go time. It's go time already, it. man. We're yeah. we're we're locked in. The our our season ended August 11th, and like I said, the game came out today. So we had a couple weeks uh, to get the guys home and watch the end of the playoffs and finals. Unfortunately, we weren't there. So if I did have an off season, that was it. But the new game comes out. I got to learn it. I, I want to be. Uh, one of, if not the most um, experienced managers or directors playing the game. So I, I want to play at the highest level too because I, I feel like I can help my team, um, you know, be their best if I'm at my best too. So I'll play the game just as much as everybody else. That said, if, if you're good enough, is there any thought to saying, hey, let me pass up <laughs> this and being a gamer? Maybe for some people, for me, I, I love the business and franchise operation mm-hmm. side of, of it too. You like um, the big picture, it seems like. I and do. then tinkering, how can I maximize this guy and make these parts that don't know each other? They're from New York and Cali yep. and London and make it work. You got it. You got it. That's, that's where I thrive, I think. I'll, I'll leave. Uh, my, my playing days are up. Uh, I, I had, I was in my prime in the, in the college years in terms of, uh, video games, I would say. So I, I still like playing the game, but it's more on a a strategic level to understand the ins and outs and, and how I can help best coach my team. What do you look forward to the most with next season? Is it kind of having that year of experience to now, you know, everything to expect and now you can really go full throttle? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I'm excited to to have some new blood in here with Wolf and Swizz. That's going to be fun because there there is a lot of talent that um, wasn't able to be in the league last year because there were only 102 spots. And if we can get our hands on uh, some guys to continue building our, our culture and the winning mentality uh, here of the Pacers, it's, it's just going to be fun. That's, I'm just looking forward to having fun and, uh, winning is fun. So we plan to do a lot of that next year too. Um, but the expansion teams having four new, new teams and franchises will be fun to play against, uh, some different colors, some different jerseys on a weekly basis. And, uh, the new game itself is, is intriguing too. It's, it is basketball still, but there's some new features in the game. Uh, every year they make it a little bit, um, more realistic, a little bit more lifelike and and the way we like to play is um, 
more traditional basketball. We run a lot of off-ball screens, have a lot of movement, a lot of passing, uh, which I, I think this game, 2K19, will, will really set us up for success because it is more realistic in that aspect. And when your guys are playing as Pacers gaming, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, it's not like they're playing as the Pacers on their home court. It's their own design, their own building, so to speak, digitally, of course. Yep. Their own uniform, so perhaps new uniforms that they could mix in. Both teams are on the road. Is there anything to home court advantage, having the home game or not really? Inside the game? Yeah, yes. No. Okay. There, there, there isn't. It's just a look that's different. It's just a look. It's just a look. Okay. Uh, but, you know, having a couple players from New York, we, we had some big crowds sometimes with family and friends. So we had a home court advantage. So you could buy tickets and get in there or be given them or something? Correct. Correct. Yeah, you can sign up for uh, tickets and, and, and go and watch every single game. If you're from New York or going to be in New York for a weekend for whatever reason, you can go live to the studio. We, we had, I think, seating for a few hundred people. So um, it's, it's a smaller studio environment that, that's created more uh, with production value in mind to broadcast live. But there is a live studio audience, and it's awesome to, to watch games and, and be a part of it uh, because it does get hype. It gets loud, and it gets competitive, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, while we didn't have a home court advantage when we – theoretically played at home right. we did every week with the wolf pack we like okay. to say with nice. wolf's family coming in town and, and watching games so. take us through that environment and, and your game day quote-unquote responsibilities we mm-hmm. see you during timeouts on twitch yep. talk to your guys you're wearing a headset mm-hmm. but it's true right you can't talk to them while in play this is correct and is that something you'd like to see change is that something being discussed changed or should it it's it's tough because in in traditional esports other video games uh, it, it's split about half and half. Some some games don't even allow for coaches at all, so it's just on the players themselves to make those calls and strategic adjustments. In other games, there can be coaches in the headset the entire game. Um, the 2K League went with a split approach, so like Scott said, we can we can talk for uh, or during timeouts and at halftime and between okay. quarters. Other than that, during gameplay, players are on their own. And at first, I was a little skeptical because I like controlling things. And if I could be in the headset, of course, I would choose that uh, the whole game. But as the season went on, it, it was kind of cool. I, I, th- I thought it was different because um, in, in traditional basketball, you can't see, you know, Nate McMillan can't be in the headset of, of Vic telling him to call the play. He can look over and see what Coach McMillan's calling for, but he's not right in his ear. And, and there's always the atmosphere, players shouting, fans shouting, and, and that kind of uh, transitions to the 2K League when I can't just talk with them in their headset the whole game, which makes sense. So um, I don't know. I kind of like how it is. It's, it's different. It's um, intriguing. And I, I think it will be discussed in the off season. There, I'm on a competition committee where, there you are. Nice. yes, where we discuss quite a few things uh, about the gameplay and studio environment. But I'm sure it'll be brought up. But I have a feeling it'll stay the same. To that end, are there rule changes to be discussed? In NBA, we're always talking about know, intentional fouls mm-hmm. and replay and those sorts of things. Are there mm-hmm. ideas and changes that fans, players? people in charge like yourself are wanting or pushing for? Yes, there are. And as, as opposed to 
like like gameplay elements that that mm-hmm. you were suggesting, like three seconds or you sure. know extending the three point line. Not as much on that end, but in terms of um, like on the league ops side, I guess you, you would say. So how many players we have on our team, okay. or um, you know how many games we play in a weekend? Th- those are more of of the discussions we have right now. More big picture issues correct. versus the end game. Correct, correct. Yeah. And the way two K works, we we can. We can hop in and tweak certain sliders in the game so we could turn up the difficulty if we want to, which, by the way, the 2K League is on the highest difficulty you can play on. So if you play 2K at home, you you might be playing on rookie or pro. And, uh, oh, this is easy. No. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a lot of people are like, wow, I am really good at this They game. get paid for this? Exactly, exactly. And then you put on Hall of Fame and you play five-on-five five where you control one player against five of the best in mm-hmm. the world, it's different. I, I can tell you firsthand, I've tried to play against our guys. It, it's just different. And until you have the chance to do it, I, I would hold your breath a little bit because um, it's it's special. So there, there are a few in-game tweaks that will be discussed. But um, at this point in time, because it is between years one and two, it's more from a big picture league ops um, standpoint. Very good. Anything else that you think the common fan, someone new to Pacers gaming, might find interesting? Well, I thought one thing that's cool was the guys had jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if they wore them all the time, but I saw photos of them carrying their jersey and, yeah. and being there, trying to make it as much real life as they can about a, a video game. That's Definitely. pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's um, you know we weren't sure what the jerseys would look like year one because in in other traditional esports it's the full sleeve with lots of patches and uh, sponsors and partnerships and make that money right exactly and uh, we didn't know if ours would be more like the traditional cut off no sleeve basketball jersey playing 2K, but uh, we went toward the traditional route and we have full length jerseys with our logo and, and they do have a uh, gamer tag and number on the back, nice. which is cool too. So yeah, it's, it's different. Um, but the jerseys were a fun aspect. I, I think streaming is interesting too, because uh, for, for fans of our team, you can log into Twitch right now and you can watch Wolf play live and you can ask him questions about his game and and what he's doing in the game and how you can be better right then and there and he can read the chat and answer your question and I would like to compare that to you know you could sit in the St. Vincent Center anytime Victor's getting shots up or working on his game and you could say hey Vic why are you doing this how how are you getting better at at this can you explain to me and show me how how I can do that in my gym so it's almost like having access to the best players in the world 24 7 you just log in and and you're interacting with them like we're sitting in the same room so it's a different dimension of of esports that's that's kind of special well congrats on your first season Thanks. getting through that with eddie especially that's <laughs> that can be a big no no no. we love eddie <laughs> i love it helped set all of this up so congrats on that and we'll be following along i think it's fascinating i think it is the future and it's amazing how i would tune in every once in a while honestly is i don't have cable package yep. on my roku yep. there's the twitch app it's you easy click that search out pacers gaming and yep. it's full hd beautiful picture there coming to us from new york so <laughs> no very good awesome. i appreciate cody thanks, thanks so much. much for having me scott that's cody parent the director of esports operations for pacers gaming we recorded it at the st vincent center as the rain just pounded down some friday afternoon if you haven't done so already subscribe to the pacers podcast 
on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.